You are listening to the Restoration Nation podcast. This is episode number 23. Education. Collaboration. Motivation. You're listening to the Restoration Nation podcast, the cleaning and restoration industry's premier source for industry news, peer-to-peer interviews, and inspirational content. Join host Joshua Soloway, along with industry leaders, as we take our entrepreneurial journey together. Welcome to the Restoration Nation. Welcome back, everyone, to the Restoration Nation podcast. Thank you for joining us here today. As you know, our goal is to deliver education, collaboration, and motivation to leaders in the cleaning and restoration industry. We appreciate your time and hope you learn a lot from the show today. My name is Joshua Soloway, and I am the host. Every episode, we have the privilege to interview a guest who will share ideas, best practices, and trends in the cleaning and restoration industry. Today, we have the honor of spending time with Mr. Michael Pinto of Wondermakers Environmental. I'm sure many of you already are familiar with Michael, especially if you perform mold remediation services. His company helps people solve indoor environmental problems in their homes and workplaces. They've been in business since 1988, and recently they started a separate website called moldsensitized.com, and that's going to be the topic of discussion today. But before I go into any more on that, how about we have Michael join us? If you can hear me, Michael, how are you doing today? Well, good afternoon, Josh. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate this very much. Yeah, likewise. It's it's really uh, exciting to have you on the show, and I know the listeners will get a lot out of it. But uh, before we dive into the topic here, take a moment and maybe share some stuff about yourself personally and professionally just so the listeners can get to know you a little better. Well, let's uh, reverse the order and start with the professional side of me. I've been doing um, professional work in the safety and health field for 37 years. And uh, about 10 years uh, after the the heavy emphasis on the safety and health, the uh, topic of asbestos came up, which was an indoor contaminant, and uh, that fueled my interest in the indoor environment. And so for the past uh, more than 25 years, I have focused on helping people identify and then uh, come up with reasonable and logical solutions to uh, contaminants that impact our indoor environment. And uh, through that journey, I've I've, uh, learned quite a bit about asbestos and lead, uh, chemicals, radon, uh, of course, mold and and, uh, ventilation issues, and uh, the whole uh, process of dealing with the indoor environment. So on the uh, professional side, that's where we stand, and uh, our company's focus is in that direction as well. A little bit different approach on the personal side, although I think the two things do wrap together very well, and that is that uh, uh, very uh, honored to be the uh, husband of Susan for 36 of those years and uh, father of a couple of sons and spends uh, quite a bit of my time active in the church uh, to the point where I'm actually a licensed uh, um, local pastor with the United Methodist Church, and I have a small uh, community church that I serve. Very cool, Michael. Thank you for sharing all that with us. It's good to kind of dig a little deeper because probably most of the people listening know some of that, what you said professionally, but probably not as many know the personal side. So thanks for opening up and letting us learn a little bit about more about you and and Susan. So 36 years uh, being married, that's really exciting. Congratulations to you guys. Thank you. All right. 
So let's take a moment. The topic of today is going to revolve around your new website and the content and what you're trying to achieve through that, mold sensitized. That's the topic. Now, before we get into the topic, but maybe you want to take a moment to paint a picture of who is the target audience for this um, education, I guess, movement that you're that you're going through right now. Well, there's two main legs in terms of the approach that we're trying to uh, reach. And, and the first is the individuals themselves who have become sensitized to mold, and uh, sometimes the mold is the primary contaminant that has caused the sensitization. Sometimes it's other issues, and then they uh, have a secondary uh, level of sensitization to the mold. But in either case, uh, we're trying to get good information out there to help those individuals, particularly when it comes to the environmental side of the equation. Uh, there's more and more doctors and medical information that is becoming available to people to help them on the personal side, but that has to march hand-in-hand hand with taking care of their environment so that uh, they can really and truly heal. So that's the first uh, part, is to reach the people who are hurting and then let them know that there's resources of help. Uh, many times, however, the efforts that need to be done to their environment are more sophisticated and more uh, difficult than what they can do themselves. So just as they need doctors and nurses and, and other medical professionals to assist them with the healing side, they may need uh, various uh, contracting folks to help them uh, heal their homes or their offices depending on where the uh, contamination is located. And so that's the uh, other aspect of our work is to reach out to the contractors and let them know that there's a special subset of uh, individuals who have water-damaged homes and uh, offices and things that need their help and indeed uh, also warn them that if they run into people like that and try and uh, help them with just the standard, if you will, or normal uh, remediation practices, that they uh, may not be successful in uh, meeting the needs of the clients and, and or having a, a positive experience in that situation. Very cool, Michael. So it's kind of a two-pronged approach. One is, if just to summarize, educate the, the end user, the, the, the end user, the consumer, about, hey, these are potential hazards or concerns or things you may want to look into. And then the contractor end, which is obviously the audience of this show, say, hey, listen, you know, there might be more opportunity just beyond the everyday cutting out sheetrock and doing attic mold remediation because there's, there's some more serious issues uh, involved when, when addressing mold when it comes to these sensitized individuals. Is that correct? That is correct, and it's very similar to what we do in other aspects of the restoration industry. I mean, the, the contractors, when they go in for a water loss or go in for a fire, it's much easier if the customer that they're dealing with is somewhat knowledgeable about that process. And so uh, you'll see many organizations, such as the Restoration Industry Association, has pamphlets that the contractors can hand out to the customers to say, this is what you should expect from uh, a contractor that's going to help you with a water loss or a contractor that's going to help you with the fire. And so the, the more that we can get the uh, end user and the contractors uh, all on the same page, and the consultants too, I might add, uh, all of them have to work in, in uh, harmony with one another, uh, 
And, uh, you know, you can keep expanding that network or that circle as well. Uh, insurance adjusters, if there's any sort of insurance coverage that might come into play, if it's a covered loss that caused the mold, uh, you know, the, the medical professionals, uh, although their focus is on the healing side, they need to know a little bit about the environmental side. So um, it's, it's all uh, about building a network of competent people who, who kind of see the problem, uh, at least uh, in its broadest sense, in a similar fashion. No, it makes total sense. It's probably easier said than done, but it, it needs to be done. And, and thank you for kind of taking up the, the torch, so to speak, and, and pushing this forward. Now, I understand you're kind of, I don't know if I want to call it going on tour, but you're, you're going out and teaching a bunch of classes on this topic around the country. Is that correct? That is correct, although I, I kind of like the terminology that I'm on my uh, mold-sensitized uh, educational tour. Uh, <laughs> Does that mean I can have roadies and stuff too? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Why not? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Explain to the listeners because I'm sure there's some people that have, um, I know. There's many people that's been attended your class, including a bunch of people from uh, my personal company, Soilaway. But what about uh, the contractors that aren't aware of this yet? What should they expect or uh, from this class? Or you know, if they think they know it all, hey, I've been doing mold remediation 20 years. This is a different approach. Maybe walk us through some of the main themes of this course that you're offering. Well, I'll, I'll get to that, but if I can um, lead into that by saying uh, we're absolutely blessed. We have a, a number of great partners that are helping us with the training. Uh, the, the folks at John Don have been just absolutely wonderful in terms of providing uh, facilities for us. Uh, inline uh, distributors uh, also are, are helping us in terms of uh, some of the locations and things. And so what we uh, try to do is, uh, although we've been working with sensitized individuals and, and probably right now about 25% of our business at Wondermakers uh, comes from this specific segment of the market. Uh, although we've been working with that for uh, five, six, seven years now as a specialty, it occurred to us actually just this last fall that other contractors weren't seeing it as a specialty. They weren't necessarily uh, spending the time uh, investigating that aspect of the market, coming up to speed, matching the medical with the environmental, uh, and some of those other things. And so that uh, is what prompted us, being uh, individuals uh, who provide a lot of educational content, we determined that this was a subsection of the market that we should be sharing uh, with the contractors. The reach out to the uh, consumers, the end users, uh, kind of fell uh, in line with that because if we're going to attract the uh, contractors to a training, then they need to understand that there's actually a market. And one of the ways to help them understand there's a market is to have people that they may be dealing with asking if they've had that sort of training or asking if they have the skill sets to help with those specific activities. So that is kind of the genesis of, of the uh, educational roadshow, if you will. Uh, we just rolled it out in January. We have uh, run uh, seven different programs at different areas of the country. We've got uh, six more scheduled, and those can all be picked up on the um, moldsensitized.com website. But uh, uh, right now it looks like we're going to have to... Uh, potentially repeat that roadshow in the fall because there's uh, been some demand from people who are now starting to hear about it and they're disappointed that 
uh, what do you mean you've already been to Texas? Uh, when's the next time that's gonna, the class is going to be here? Or, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I missed it in Atlanta. Are you going to come back to the southeast again? So uh, we are going to try and get uh, uh, not only through this cycle, but, uh, but it looks like we'll be doing uh, another cycle trying to spread uh, 10, 12, 14 courses across the United States uh, starting in late summer and early fall. You have a lot of roadies by then if you do a second tour in the same year. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about the roadies, but we uh, we're getting some folks that might be considered groupies at this point. Uh, yeah. From the standpoint yeah. of, uh, it, it's fascinating to me, with the exception of the the last class in New Hampshire there, which was just uh, a short time ago. Every uh, contractor that has come through the class has got at least one referral for work from us in just the uh, seven weeks that we've been. Uh, doing this. So, Terrific. Uh, you know, it, it seems to be working in terms of reaching both the consumers and the contractors. And and although the intent is, is not to uh, have the training be a marketing vehicle uh, necessarily, I mean, we can't guarantee that, uh, but it does work out that way. If we're generating a lot of interest from the community of individuals who understand that they're sensitized and and then come to understand that the medical piece is only half of it and the environmental piece is the other half, uh, then it is a nice uh, niche for us to be that, uh, almost be that middleman in terms of, um, you know, referring business or at least recommending contractors that some of these people can talk to. And I should point out that uh, this is the, um, just the philosophy of our organization and the, and the way that we work is that uh, that is done... Uh, in the best interest of the customer and the contractor. So there's no referral fees in a situation uh, like that. We don't ask the, the customer for any money to tell them who the best contractors are. And we don't ask the contractors, uh, you know, for any sort of a percentage or anything in the work that they do. It, it's all about getting the properly trained and experienced contractors in touch with the uh, people that need those services because that's going to have the best uh, potential for a positive outcome, and it is our belief that uh, you know if you if you give that sort of approach to the industry that you'll be successful. That you don't have to uh, you know turn it into any sort of quid pro quo sort of thing. Thank you, Michael. And as you were listening, I picked up on a couple different things I have questions on, so I'm just trying to organize that. But let's start with a comment you made a little earlier. You said about 25% of your business with Wondermakers Environmental has to deal with mold-sensitized individuals. I would imagine you're on the forefront or the leading edge as far as that goes. Obviously, do you expect that to increase as it pertains to Wondermakers? And I would imagine the rest of the industry and other people would, would follow. So what, what kind of opportunity do you think is out there for, for contractors and professional mold remediators? That's a wonderful question. And I should also pause here and say I'm not real good at, uh, and nor do I want to uh, go through the sort of scenario that Chris Watnick, uh, one of the uh, industry mentors and a, and a dear friend of mine, uh, says when he's in classes and things, I don't like to make up stuff, the old M-U-S. And in this case, I, I can tell you it's very hard to pin down the numbers of potential individuals that fit this definition of uh, mold sensitized. Uh, there's a number of reasons for that. The medical side of it is just uh, kind of coming to the point 
where we're understanding uh, what causes some of the sensitization and, and how to evaluate that from a medical perspective. You know, some of them just get wrapped up in your standard uh, mold remediation um, uh, customers and things. And uh, and and until we kind of started to advertise this to the restoration industry, uh, there was a fair amount of interest in this subject on a lot of the social media sites and, and from the medical side. But I, I truly believe that we're one of the first ones to bring the issue forward to the restoration industry and look at it a little bit more from a business standpoint. So consequently, I can't point to any marketing studies right now that says uh, there's a you know, market size of X or Y, although we can make subeducated guesses in terms of, uh, you know, based on the studies of the number of water-damaged buildings that are in the United States every year, uh, and then uh, the biological component uh, that is pretty exciting about this is that in the last few years, there's there's some pretty strong evidence that certain people have genetic tendencies to make them more susceptible to this illness. And if you add those two things together, uh, the numbers start to get pretty wild. Uh, I mean, I've seen some estimates, and they're gross estimates, of as many as 45 million people uh, in the United States and Canada that that may be either suffering to a major or a minor degree that uh, you know restoration contractors would need to be aware of. Very interesting. Very interesting. And. I know the business minds out there listening to the show, the wheel starts spinning. And the first question that comes to mind, at least for me, is, you know, how can my restoration company start to prepare for this or start aligning to help people in this situation and, and make it a, a viable part of, of our business as we provide this service to others? What, what suggestions do you have uh, to those companies that want to start preparing or moving in this direction? Well, the first thing is don't do it the way that we did it. Um, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, history is your best teacher on these things. And, and quite honestly, at Wondermakers, it, uh, although over the past uh, six or seven years, like I said, uh, we've become uh, more well-known and, and uh, just the word of mouth, I will tell you that, the, the word of mouth in, in terms of individuals who have uh, mold sensitizations is very strong. They they communicate uh, uh significantly via social media, they are in uh, support groups, uh, there's now actually a counseling groups to, to help them through this because there's a whole psychological dimension that goes along with the uh, physical and the medical. And so there's that very strong, uh, what we would call uh, kind of new wave of, of advertising and promotion, which is uh, through social media and word of mouth and things like that. Um, and quite bluntly, at Wondermakers, we were very slow to pick up on that. And so uh, we should have had the, the mold-sensitized um, subset, if you will, of our company website out there probably two years ago or two and a half years ago, and yet it just launched in January. So uh, if I had any uh, marketing expertise, and, and I want to... Uh, you know, back up and tell people that I'm the technical person at Wondermakers. I'm not really the marketing genius, so uh, <laughs> take this take this with a grain of salt. Uh, but again, what the what the history showed us is that just having an awareness of it, and then you know, you may not have to do anything uh, really unusual 
other than reach out to your existing client base, uh, particularly if you've had some training and understand a little bit more about how all this works, and just share with your existing client base or your uh, newsletters, your blogs, your um, podcasts like this, etc., that this is a topic and the two things will happen. The, the contractors will start to become more aware that this is a subset of our industry that we need to think about. And then uh, also, if they reach out to their customers just to kind of uh, see if there's any interest, it will uh, spread that word and, and help the people that are suffering but perhaps don't even understand why they're suffering. It will help them make sense of things, and then everything starts to click. So just really being aware that there are sensitized individuals and that those sensitized individuals take uh, a bit more hand-holding and perhaps some upgraded uh, remediation procedures to help them with this process is uh, really the start of a, of a positive marketing campaign uh, would be my suggestion. That's how we grew it. All right. No, that makes perfect sense. Thank you, Michael. Now, do you, I know this is still early, but do you have any, I'll call them success stories that you can share? You said you've provided a couple of referrals to different contractors, uh, you know, over the past few months, years, whatever it's been. Do you have any success stories from whatever they have been able to do with these individuals who need these services? Well, let me clarify that. When I was talking about referrals, we've done referrals for years, of course, as we as we deal with these sensitized contractors. Now we're trying to tighten down our referrals to some of the contractors who have gone through this training course because what we found is that uh, even if they have a certification from you know one of the main agencies as, as having uh, you know mold remediation uh, training. It, it wasn't quite enough. Uh, if they follow the standard of care, sometimes for these individuals, we have to go above and beyond the standard of care. The question then becomes, how far do you go? How do, how do you manage that? And then how do you manage the expectations of the clients? So that's really what the purpose of the one-day training course is all about, is to hit those uh, three topics pretty hard. What are the endpoints that seem to work in terms of uh, you know, mold remediation, and cleaning procedures for the individuals who have these sensitivities. Uh, we're not really uh, trying to sell a particular uh, process or a chemical or anything like that. There's lots of different ways to reach those uh, endpoints if you know what the goal is that you're shooting for. Uh, and then you take that and you match that with uh, the awareness that the, uh, the remediation and the cleaning what we call the environmental portion, is only one segment of the activities that the client has to go through. In other words, if they don't have adequate medical support, in many respects, it doesn't matter how well we clean or remediate their house, they may not get better because they need the medical intervention to kind of reset their immune system. That's a layman's way of putting it because I'm not a medical doctor by any means. But but there's medical things that are going on, so they need the medical intervention to march hand-in-hand hand with the um, environmental. And if, if I can take a moment, then, Josh, can I, can I add an um, example of that from a different uh, environmental area to help clarify sure. for your listeners? Yeah, please do. So as I said at the beginning of the program, we, we have experience with a lot of different uh, indoor environmental contaminants. 
And what was fascinating to me is that this mold sensitized seems to be matching or or going along a similar path as um, lead in the paint in homes and in, in other uh, materials as well. But, uh, you know, initially people didn't believe that that exposure to lead in the home could cause some of the health effects that they were talking about. And they're very similar health effects. I mean, uh, impacts on the IQ, neurological damage, gastrointestinal problems, uh, all of that is related to lead. Well, it's it's clear now that mold can cause many of those same problems and more. Um, so then in the lead field, once that awareness started to grow, uh, then the doctors had to figure out, well, how are we going to treat these people? We're actually going to detox the lead out of their system. And in the lead arena, they call that, uh, I'm sorry, Josh, I just lost my term there. Uh, but but they use uh, various chemicals to detox the lead out of the system, and they found out, well, that doesn't do any good if we put them back into the home or the school or the uh, daycare center where they're being exposed to lead. So now we have to go out, and, and uh, we have all these uh, regulations now for uh, restoration contractors as well as other contractors related to um, the lead renovation, repair, and painting program to prevent the lead poisoning from occurring in the first place. That realization, uh, I believe, will be on the mold side with desensitized individuals in the next two to three years. That that it really is a combination of medical intervention and environmental intervention, and and uh, you know hopefully we can we can do that as an industry and lead the way rather than end up having um, in many respects uh, regulations which sometimes become overly bureaucratic and and, and uh, perhaps uh, onerous instead of being helpful. Sure. Yeah, and hopefully this, hopefully this effort can keep our industry uh, ahead of the curve, if not keeping up with it. So thank you for all your efforts, Michael. And we are, believe it or not, starting to wind down on, on time. And I know we've really only uh, touched the tip of the iceberg with this topic, but I'd like to leave the floor open just for maybe a minute or two, and you can kind of summarize what we've talked about or, or include any points that – we missed during this uh, conversation. So why don't you take a moment and do that now, Michael? Well, uh, thank you, Josh, for that. First of all, thank you again for the opportunity to start on this. And maybe we can uh, uh, loop back around in the future and, and delve into a little bit deeper on some of the specific topics. But what I would like to leave your listeners with is the idea that uh, what we have found that works the best is to have uh, a, a network of like-minded professionals that are trying to help these customers. And so uh, part of the training course that we offer is just to uh, encourage them and give them some examples of how you can reach out and find doctors that might be amenable to this and uh, counselors and even bankers and lawyers sometimes need to get involved in it. Uh, building performance professionals, these are the people who help with the pressurization in the buildings to uh, keep them safe in filtration issues. So it's it's uh, very similar to what a restoration contractor does in the in the case of a big fire, where they come in and kind of act as the uh, orchestra leader, if you will, and their people do a lot of the work and everything, but if you have a specialty rug, they know the specialty rug people to use. Or if there's a, a piece of artwork, they know how to uh, you know send that artwork to the right professional in their network or electronics that need to be uh, cleaned or rehabilitated. And so uh, we think that that model works really well 
for helping the sensitized individual. Well said. Thank you very much for that summary. And we do have to wrap it up, unfortunately. And I, I think you hinted at coming back on the show and going deeper into this. So that the door is always open. So uh, hopefully you'll you'll be open to you know spending more time with us and the listeners because I know they've appreciated starting to dig into this topic and it's going to continue to develop. So I think it'd be wise to have you on from time to time to keep us up with what's going on and how things are changing. So thank you, Michael. And I do want to wrap it up. The listeners know that at the end of every show, we have our guests share a positive quote and a favorite business book. So if you have that prepared for us, we'd love to hear that right now too. Great. And I will do this in reverse order like I did the the first question. Uh, My favorite (laughs) business book, uh, perhaps not surprisingly, is the Bible. Uh, There is so much good information in there about how to run your business and how to treat people, uh, particularly in the book of Proverbs, that uh, it it absolutely is my favorite business book. Uh, The quote is uh, from my first uh, boss in my, uh, well, actually, I take it back, my second professional job, my boss, and uh, very young, and he said, uh, look professional, act professional, and someday you'll wake up and you'll realize you are professional. And uh, I actually have taken that to heart. uh, In everything that I do, I try and look uh, professional and uh, certainly act professional. And after all these years, I hope that people look at me and say, yep, he's a professional. I think a professional for for what that's worth, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah. No, thanks, Michael. It's been a great interview, and we appreciate it. And I know after listening, there's going to be some people that want to learn more, get in touch with you. How can they do that? Uh, Certainly. The primary vehicle for that right now is the moldsensitized.com website. Uh, our, our bigger website or our overall website is the wondermakers.com website. And our office phone is 269-382-4154. We're, we're happy to chat uh, and respond by email to uh, anybody who has questions. Well, thank you very much, Michael. And to listeners again, that is Michael Pinto of Wondermakers Environmental and MoldSensitized.com. The contact information and website links that he just mentioned will be on the website, TheRestorationNation.com. So I suggest if you're not already on the website, you can go visit there when you're done listening to the podcast, maybe in your car or wherever you are, and click on some of the links and learn more about what Michael and his team at Wondermakers and Mold Sensitized are doing for our industry because it's definitely exciting and you don't want to miss the bus on this. So, Michael, with that, I want to thank you again very much for being on the show. It was a pleasure to have you. God bless you, Josh. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. And listeners, thanks again for your time, and please join us again. Our next show will be in the next week or two. All right? Take care. Education. Collaboration. Motivation. You've just listened to the Restoration Nation podcast. Make sure to visit www.therestorationnation.com for show notes, resources, and other valuable content. Visit the Contact Us page to provide feedback, request an interview, or inquire about sponsorship. Thank you for spending time with The Restoration Nation.